0: And uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Swing Thoughts. I'm uh, Howard Glassman, part of the Humble and Fred program, along with Tim O'Connor, who is the mental performance coach at the Glen Abbey Golf Academy, o'connorgolf.ca. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at Swing Thoughts. And of course, our program is baked fresh and is brought to you by TaylorMade Adidas, made the number one driver in golf. You pointed out last week that we've now spent four four episodes in a row talking about how far the clubs go. So I will refrain from that, except to say they go far. They do. They're ridiculous. Even the M two. Oh, no, the M two. Yeah, I use. I I uh I can't remember if I said this last week, but I put the M two three wood into play. It's
1: absurd. You don't even need a driver uh, anymore. It's dumb. 'Cause you can work it both ways, right? And just hammer the hell out of it.
0: it? It really is something. I don't know. There is a there's been a few moments in my golfing life, you know, when I remember the first time I ever hit a do you remember when you, you first hit a sort of a perf, they called them performance enhancing club, the first sort of, you know, non blade cavity club? cavity yeah, yeah.
1: back ping I two. Yeah, I remember yeah. that
0: when you sort of hit it and like, Well that was that's easier than it, it you know is supposed to be. Got it up in the air and everything. I know. And that's what those clubs did well this is the m two is kind of like that revolution
1: that's what I think about these uh these new clubs is that they're the first ones in about i I don't know since maybe big Bertha in which put it in the bag and automatic change yeah. in your game that's what I find is the most most incredible thing
0: and of course also brought to you this program by uh Glenn Karen, a uh, wonderful club link course that has uh it's last night at Men's Night. It always gives me like such a uh, weird little thrill because they make this announcement. Okay, everyone's time to get together. Uh this is uh our Men's Night brought to you by Swing Thoughts featuring Tim O'Connor and Howard Glassman. I think, you know, it wasn't that long ago that all Swing Thoughts was was you and I having
1: lunch at Glen Cairn. Yeah and now it's a thing it is with a logo and you know spectacular guests like Fred Shoemaker last week and Carl Morris and today Dave Robinson I mean yeah it's from lunch at Glencairn to this here we are sitting talking about golf people going to our Facebook page all that stuff it's
0: it's been amazing
1: it's very cool (laughs) um
0: yeah we'll get to our guest David Robinson here in a second he's uh well, you can introduce him at some point because he's your like best friend and stuff. Close personal um, friend of mine. I wanted to mention, uh, Timmy O'Connor and I had a round of golf last uh, Friday. We snuck out in front of the uh, tee sheet at Glencairn. Little, teed snub, off.
1: little snubs on the way. Oh, yeah, we
0: snubbed. We were freely snubbing. We did some golf snubbing. We'll tell you. We, we got out at like 7.35, and I think we finished in, do we finish in under three hours?
1: Oh,
2: 100%. Easily,
0: right?
1: Oh,
2: easily.
0: Well, I wanted to talk about your game in a second, but let's talk about the snubbing.
1: Yeah, that's the fun part.
0: So, uh, Timmy and I were like, hey, let's sneak out. Tim's got some stuff to do. I said, come on. I, I was like, come on, Tim. You don't need to do things. You don't need to be, don't be
1: an adult. I have work to do, damn it.
0: I was like, no, Tim, it'll be great. We'll go out and play. So, we get there and we find out, we think it's just going to be the two of us. And we get there and we find out they put us with two other people. One of which, this here's how, this is next level <laughs> snubbing. One of which knew Tim. Exactly. Like, hey,
1: how's it going? Yeah, and
0: Tim and also, like, we're going to play with that guy. And I, uh, I'm like, no. So. Uh, I think one of us said to the guy that you knew and some other guy, uh, we're just going to go with our, ourselves because we wanted to get the round done. Whatever. I, I got stuff to do
1: today. Yeah. We got to get around. We'll blast through here. You'll never see us.
0: Well, they did see us. And every time <laughs> we saw them, we both sort of were sheepish like, hi, how are you guys doing? You know, we didn't really want to play with you. No, we'll just hold you up, though. Um, that was funny because I just remember now that was that was one of two times I golf snubbed that day because I played <laughs> in the afternoon with a young woman
1: on your golf date.
0: Yes, on my golf date, and uh, the two of us were paired with another couple, a man and a woman, and uh, we 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 all teed off. So imagine this: this was a mid, not even a mid round, and a round in progress. Snubbing, Ooh. we all tee off, and the woman I'm with um, puts on some on some, some music. She turns her um device on the speaker starts playing music and the woman in the group with us <gasps> oh. says i don't like music and i went hang on a second to the w- you know woman i was dating and i went to the woman's husband and i said i think we're just gonna go ahead <sighs> literally the snub them after our drives i said uh listen i you know i said my friend wants to play music and i said i think we'll just we'll go on our own and are you okay with that like i thought that's the truth. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of like, blah, blah, blah. but he went, okay. And I went, okay. And she's like, I can't believe you did that. I go, well, what else are we going to do? Sit here for four and a half,
1: hour, half hours and be all passive aggressive. Ugh, I can't believe this isn't like music.
0: So I just dumped that.
1: That's, you know what? Ask for what you want for it in exactly. life and get it. I and like you know what?
0: That. It made the, re- the rest of the day was great.
1: Because you, you could have been resentful.
0: Well, isn't it yeah. funny? Everyone does that. They go, well, this is what I really want, but what I, I'm too shy to ask for it, so I'll just be pissed off exactly. for the rest of this experience, and then this experience will be the time that I got pissed off and spent four and a half hours with people I didn't want to play with, 100%. and then I would say, well, why don't you say, uh, why didn't you just say, we'll go on alone? Oh, I couldn't do that.
1: Okay. You know what's cool is that we're going to, this is the type of stuff we're going to talk about with our good friend Dave. Time. Really? Yeah. Really?
0: I didn't know that. Interesting. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about your oh golf game.
1: God. You know, I should leave the contextualizing. Listen to me. And...
0: Let's talk about Tim O'Connor's golf game, folks. Oh, for you people who think no. that he's just a pretty face, oh. who, you know, uh, espouses no, uh, no, 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 this no, and no. that. For no, you people no, no. who don't understand the skill level. Oh, so I'm correct. playing with Tim last Friday. We hadn't played for a while together. And Tim, uh, I got to tell you, we're hitting it great. Thank you. Like really good. <clears throat> like the kind of, and it's fun as your friend watching you play well because I'm like, yeah, that guy's done some work and he's, you know, practicing what he preaches. You get your ball going in a timely manner. You don't, you know, fool it around and you're very. I don't even know. we I don't even know if we kept score that day. No, I don't think I, we did. I, I knew where I was. Where were you? I don't even know.
1: I shot 80 with a three putt on the last hole.
0: So you know exactly <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly where you oh, were. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's funny.
1: can tell a lie.
0: No, but you played really nicely, and it was thank good you. to see. And uh, thank you. And the tailor made equipment. Since we're still plugging our sponsor, was uh, you know you're hitting it pretty far.
1: Thanks. Nice. Well, you know what that that M uh, 20 yard put it in the bag twenty extra yards. Yeah. But what I find is so cool is that. Um, My primary shot off the tee has been a draw for years and years. And I put this in the bag, and I actually find that I can't work the draw as well as I used to. But now I got a fade that I can count on every time. Which is pretty cool. Oh, it's very cool to to have that. that, um, uh, Just to know that most times I put a good pass on it, that sucker's going to be in play. And it's going to be out there a good distance too.
0: Like I don't know what you shot that day. An eighty would be about as high as I thought you could have shot that day. But what I noticed is two things: one, your swing looks very consistent, um, meaning you don't hit a lot of poor shots. You know, we all have days where you're just not hitting it good and it's going all over the place. You don't really have that anymore. But also, I like the way you get your you get going around a golf ball. You know, you don't you sort of take in everything, you assess and evaluate, and then you just go ahead and do it which is a great lesson for anyone.
1: Thanks. Well, thanks. Well, a lot of that I've just learned from uh, Mo Norman, really, and Fred Shoemaker. Just get down to it. There's no reason to go through a pilot's checklist of stuff. I used to do that. I used to you know, be concerned about doing everything right, but now I play with a lot more freedom. But I, a lot of that was from Mo and also from my own experience. I, played in a, um, I remember playing in a junior golf marathon. Play as much golf as I could, right from dawn to dusk. And the first time I ever shot seventy two was doing one of those, like basically running, <laughs> you know, out of the cart to mm-hmm. the ball. No practice swings. Are you kidding? Shot seventy two as if it was like easy, as falling off a log.
0: Because you were playing in a state of reacting to things and just going ahead and doing it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking to one of your students, who's a good friend of mine. We we played together yesterday afternoon, which is interesting for me because, you know, he was telling me about his session with you. And I, I actually knew him really before I knew you, and he's yeah. a high-level player. And we were sort of talking about, you know, I don't try and... He knows that we're friends, so I don't like to try and pry about what did you guys talk about. But I just said, how was your session with Tim? And, you know, he volunteered some of the stuff that you guys worked on. And one of the things that he remembered is you saying to him, commitment is freedom. And that's a real Fred Shoemaker yeah, concept. 100%. But what I love about it is... It, it speaks to, and we'll talk about this from a golf standpoint, it really does speak to most of our bad shots, if you think about it, golfers, come from either bad decisions because of bad thought processes or overthinking your ability to hit the shot versus an impossible standard. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there's a lot of stuff I said in there, but yep. you know, even last night, we, we all played fairly well last night, not great, but a couple of times I said, after I'd hit a poor shot, I go, man, you know, I should know better because I really didn't feel comfortable over it. I wanted to back away, and this is me. Yeah, I played a hundred tournament rounds, and I and I still went ahead and hit it when I didn't feel like I was ready to hit it. And so that's also a great thing is like that. If you think about the poor shots you make in a round, they are often due to poor decisions or poor thoughts versus you just can't swing a golf club.
1: It's rarely a, has to do with technique being off or like oh i'm taking it inside or anything like that it's generally around emotional state too much thinking and not reacting to target not just letting it happen that's generally where we fall into trouble and so i think what was happening for you a little bit and i'll ask you were you over the ball and feeling uncomfortable and just going ahead anyways
0: um the two times in particular that I was thinking of, but the, the one time for sure, I actually said to myself, I don't think this is the right club, yep. which is enough for a player of any level to go, well, you're probably... Because if you're thinking this isn't the right club versus I'm just going to go ahead and make the best swing I can, you're not thinking about... It's, it, it's your thinking that will produce a poor shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a great segue for our friend, Coach Dave, David Robinson, because why is it... And it happens a lot with, we'll say men, but I'm sure it happens with women too, where you'll think... This isn't the right club. I don't have the right shot. I haven't, saw, I haven't thought this through. I don't know really what I'm going to do, but I'm just go ahead and do it so I don't feel embarrassed in front of the guys I'm playing with. Exactly. Which has always been hilarious to me because, as I've said to a million golfers, believe me, no one's thinking about you. We're thinking about ourselves. You know, the whole thing about, you know, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. A buddy of mine doesn't like when other people watch him. Yeah. And I say, uh, trust me, they're not thinking about how well you were about to execute some golf shot.
1: No, they're more concerned about how bad they're playing right. and what can I do to crawl out of this rabbit hole.
0: Our guest today is a good friend of yours. He's a business relationship expert, emotional intelligent expert, and specialist and a master coach. He uh, spends his life uh, around the idea of developing skill, emotional competence, improving leadership capabilities, and, and you think, well, how does that relate to golf? How doesn't it relate to golf? It's all there. David Robinson, welcome to this episode of Swing Thoughts. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Tim. It's
2: great to be here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Golf's a funny game. It's so, it has so much in it that's a metaphor for how people conduct their lives. Um, it's a huge interest of mine and Tim's, I'm sure, that, you know, golf, there's that saying that golf, it reveals character. And you really get to see how a a person will say, a man, in this particular, you get to see how they are in the rest of their lives by the four and a half hours and how they conduct their business. Now, you're enough of a golfer. What are your thoughts about that?
2: I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, uh, Howard, my uh, dad had a phrase, um, you you can tell a lot about a person when you go play golf with them. Absolutely. And um, character is revealed in the toughest times. And... um, that's one of the things that I find interesting based on watching this master verbal tennis match that was going on between you and Tim this morning, um, that, you know, watching people in their composure or lack thereof determines where they end up in their golf score. I know that's true for me. Um, If I focus on bringing the past into the present, then what happens is that I essentially continue my bad swings, my bad shots, and my score plummets. But if I find a way to reset and be present in the moment with every swing, I can change the results simply by focusing on the outcome that I want. And that's very true for business and people and leadership. You know, I, I, I mentioned to you, two, <clears throat> excuse me, just before
0: we started that uh, one of the things I wanted to throw out to Dave and Tim is and I've been thinking a lot about this week, a lot about this this week that there is this fallacy about life that it's supposed to be easy. You know, we all have you have kids. I do. I have yeah. two boys. Well, you know, we all have children, and you know, one of the things you you hope that their paths are, you know. A, an easy one, but in actual fact, it should be there should be some strife, strife and difficulty, Absolutely. and they you, they need to overcome some adversity to show them that that's that is that's the snapshot. You know, I have a daughter, <clears throat> one that's uh, you know struggles with some you know emotional issues, and and I had this conversation with her the other day. I said, you can't put everything that's going perceptively wrong. You know, it's all about you know. I'm not sure if I want to be with this guy, and blah blah blah. I go, but honey. All the things you're going through, everyone goes through. So don't worry. Don't. That's the one thing that a lot of people pile on is to think, "Oh, I'm the only one that this has ever happened to." Well, everything's happened to everybody, and you accept that. And as a golfer, you kind of have to realize it. Every round's going to have some crappy moments. Well,
1: it comes back to life is hard. It can be. It doesn't mean it's all suffering. It doesn't. And we have snippets of joy. But it's largely how we get through the tough parts that determines how we do in golf in our relationships in in life is how we how we deal with those things.
0: But isn't there a thing um, like a life is hard once you get that? I mean, there, I'm trying to think who said that. It's like there was a philosopher that went, just understand, this is this supposed to be shitty? Now, it's actually um, I'm not sure if it's Buddhist no. or not. It's the uh, life is suffering. Yeah. Is a Buddhist concept, right? So once you understand that it's suffering, then you can breathe through the anxiety-producing moments. To un- but most people have this fantasy that it's a reality show where everything works out.
1: We were talking about this when we played golf on Friday. That people have this sense that 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 life is supposed to be easy and most people have it easy they'll look at at the the people who do you know lots of speeches on the internet and all these youtube videos and they're always happy and smiling and many people clapping for them and they never make a mistake Uh, no 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 they make a lot of mistakes and a lot of them you know have lonely quiet moments in hotel rooms all by themselves but there is a perception that golf should be easy because we see these guys swinging on tour with it you know perfect moments you know third and fourth round we see the best guys we see people at their best most of the times we don't see people when they're when they're struggling
0: that's a great point because on facebook on social media our children are exposed to other human beings putting up their their best moments david uh, robinson would say ye
2: absolutely and um it reminds me of a campaign advertiser that, uh, I can't remember what the company was, but the phrase was, practice so hard, they think you're lucky. And right. uh-huh. what, that, what that tells me is that if I'm working behind the scenes on my life or on my golf swing, people are only going to see the product of that effort. They're not going to see me actually going through that practice. And life is really about living practice. You know, whatever level of golfer, you know, you are, I am, Dave is, there's
0: a weird thing that... Higher, higher handicap players, I've said this to me all my golfing life, man, if I could just hit it like you, then everything would be fine. And I always think, well, no, you don't know how many times around, uh, you know, that I want to punch myself in the face. The old me. Uh, This new me is completely different. Um, But same with, you know, when you watch Jason Day play his best, he still has hit a number of shots that you wouldn't believe how far away from the optimum he thinks it was. It might be the best shot we've ever hit, but it wasn't for him. You know, your client, my friend Paul Gortner, and I played yesterday, and, you know, he wasn't playing great, but he made a couple of birdies late, eagled the second last hole, and shot a pretty decent number. But if you asked Paul, how did you play last night, he'd go, just okay, but the number he shot might be somebody else's best score of their lives. The point being, it's all relative. You know, we see people... Seemingly successful And then You know David you would Could speak to this They're living lives Of quiet desperation And they basically Hate themselves mm.
2: Yeah you know As I'm thinking about that And you know Self-hatred Certainly I've been A member of that club um, one of I'm like in the Self-hatred Like the dollar shave club I get a <laughs> new I get a new <laughs> Bit of self-hatred
0: Every month Until I opt out Of the program I get email notifications every day right. Do you remember You
2: do this <laughs> That's right Oh yeah I Don't forgot That's it. You.
0: Hey, Howard, just a reminder to hate yourself today.
2: And here's why. Here's why. Why would it be a member of a club that I'm a member of? Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So, you know, one of the things that strikes me as I'm listening to you guys talk is the conversation around comfort and comfort zone. Like, I know that I perform best when I'm comfortable, and yet there's a degree of discomfort that I need to be on that edge of growth. And And if I hang out in being comfortable, I'm not going to grow and I don't improve. And the paradox in golf for me is that the more uncomfortable I am, the worse I play. So there's this place of, I heard you say something um, about Fred and what he was talking about with regard to freedom. And my belief is that people make choices, whether it's with golf or in life, from either the place of fear or or the place of freedom, excuse me. And so what that means for me is that when I make a choice out of fear... I often really don't like the outcome. When I make that place of my choice from freedom, it gives me all kinds of options, Mm -hmm. and options give me flexibility, which when I'm out of my comfort zone, I get really rigid. You know, sometimes
0: there's almost like a third prong to that, and what you said is so, it resonates perfectly with me, but sometimes making a decision... About something you 're afraid of to go through with it anyway is one of the most liberating things you can do, because even if you fail at it, at least you 'll have the feeling like well i was I was afraid of that, but I did it anyway, and there 's some kind of weird thing that happens I think in your myelin or mylar it, it it creates a different connection. the way Tim would phrase it I think is it gives you evidence of having gone through something and you know at least attempted you know at least made yourself face something you 're afraid of, whatever that is.
1: Well, where I go with this is what you talked about last week about quitting smoking. That's a hard thing to do, but you put a new spin on it and commit to it and put. Well, no, the in spin his... is everyone thinks it's a hard thing to do. So, of course, it's going to be hard.
0: Yeah. But if you approach it like it isn't the hardest thing in the world, I'm sure that, I don't know, battlefield brain surgery has got to be tougher than that. Just I've never said that phrase in my life, but I'm going to use it.
1: I like it. Um, But you commit to it. Yeah. It's the commitment.
0: Well, you commit to the fact that it's not going to be the toughest thing.
2: But the question is, are you committing to quitting or are you committing to stop smoking? That's different because there's a journey in quitting. People are professional quitters, but they seldom ever stop.
0: That's a great distinction. Whoa, you know? The nice. the the method that I use is actually called Alan Carr's easy way to stop smoking. And his whole point is, um, it takes no willpower to do something you don't want to do. I have no problem walking by the heroin uh, addict that w- lives down the street from here because I have no desire to do that. The reason that people have difficulty quitting smoking is that they've just basically are smokers that stop themselves from smoking. They're not non-smokers. It's a big distinction. Mm-hmm. Non-smokers does
1: it work for, it work for Shanky? N-
0: yes. Although you've actually... Was that shanking or shagging? Shagging. Shagging. Alan Carr's easy way to stop shagging, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're in conversation with Coach Tim, David Robinson. Who's a coach? Who's a coach? <laughs> coach Dave. Um,
1: and you're coach-like. Yeah, absolutely. When I play with you, you like, hey, you know what you're lining up here? you just here. Put your club here. Look here. Go here. Isn't that easier?
0: I, I'm that. an encourager. I'm a professional encourager. You are. Um, oh, so we're talking golf. We're talking some uh, life stuff today. I'm very interested in uh, Dave and how you would react to this. You know, what I told you guys before I wanted to talk about and I've been thinking a lot about is there's this thing that, you know, we as we've been talking about, that the people, I think, sometimes don't face uh, adversity because they're surprised that adversity happens. On the other hand, if you're expecting it, in every round of golf, you're going to have some challenges. So, from a coaching standpoint, you golf, you life. You know what? What can people do before a an important section of time in their lives, or in, 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 in before an important round, which will be a segue to the fact that a lot of guys listening are either going into their club championships or will have just played it by the time we put this up. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk golf
1: first. All right. I think that if I go. I know that I'm gonna make some mistakes that I'm a human being Uh, I don't possess a a consistent swing it's it's good enough and it gets me around so I know that there's gonna be some uh, there's gonna be some troubled waters and if I can just go in knowing that that's gonna happen then I can accept it so it's kind of a logical thing but it's also not attaching myself emotionally that if I launch one into the woods, suddenly I go from being a very good golfer to a bad golfer and that everyone around me is going to think I suck. It's just really just getting on with it and moving along. Well, I like what
0: you said, though, about knowing that at the beginning of any round, especially a, 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 a perceptive or a, a perceiving, a, a pers, what am I trying to say, a perceived important one. Right. You're like a club C. And you're, yeah. yeah you're Where like, it's all, everything's exacerbated. Everything is heightened. You know, I don't know what the similar analogy would, 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 be, would be in your world where you're coaching an executive through a big presentation or a hiring
2: process, but something that's elevated. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so I have a, a philosophy, and that is, you know, when we're in situations where let's say we're going to a conference you know, whether it's a golf conference or a business conference, walk into a conference room. There's 500 people there. I don't know anybody. The first thing that I'm going to do is I go into a place of mental comparison. So Mm. I walk into a room and then I compare. I'm doing it for two reasons. One, am I safe? Two, do I fit? The next is, then what do I do? There's two choices. I can compete with you. So I walk into a room, I see Howard I go, ooh. Do I measure up to him? Does he measure up to me? Or I can connect. I can look for the commonality in who you are and who I am and find that bridge between us. And so I find, like, for example, if I'm in a situation, let's say at a, a, tur- a club tournament, and I'm standing there at the tee, and there's people surrounding and watching me, and I'm looking at, oh, man, I've got to really show up big here. That's me and my comp- my competition wanting to be the best. But if I just relax into... The connection of, hey, I'm here with other guys. We're going to have some fun. Who knows what's going to happen? My intention is to play the best game possible. And if I'm not attached to the result, that just may happen.
0: No, I love that, what you said about it. And, you know, When you, we show up, whether it's in a room or on the first tee, that you can choose the ego-driven, you know, I'm going to show these guys how good I am. Um, or I hope I do. I hope I yeah, do. Exactly. And that's a, it's a, the problem is if you don't, then you feel bad and you hate yourself. Um, It's funny, because another client of Tim's, another friend of mine, um, (laughs) I'm just getting this. Is there anybody you teach that I don't? Anyway. It's a uh, a really good referral service. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) But one of the guys that Tim works with is one of those guys who's very, he's an interesting character, but he's very aware slash over-aware of other people moving and making noise. He's yeah. always telling people, hey, just keep it down, and, and he needs to work on that, but he knows that. Well, he and I were paired in the first round of the senior club championship, and as a joke, I'm literally, you know, they, I go to the tee, and I'm about to hit my first shot. Now, of course, I... You know, I want to be good and all that stuff, but I, and I knew I was going to say it just before. And there's everyone standing around, and there's him, and he's legendary for telling people to be quiet and move. So I, not not just before I hit, but I put my tee down, and I back away, I'm looking at the target, and I look over to him and I say, "Oh, by the way, Mike." Just for the, just so you know, all I want from you is make lots of noise and stand where I can see you. And everyone cracked up because it's like, like it's 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 perfect. But it it was a connection versus yeah. now it doesn't really matter if I hit a good shot or not. I've set up the tone for how I'm going to approach this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm taking it seriously, but I not seriously enough that I couldn't have fun with him. And it made it, it just made the make the experience better.
2: Um, I connected versus competed with it. I love that. I love the, uh, the idea, too, that, uh, um, you know, I don't take myself too seriously. I may take the situation seriously, mm-hmm. but I don't take myself too seriously. Um, yeah, totally connects to golf and, I think, anything.
1: Yeah, I had. What do you think, Tim? A, oh no, exactly. And I have a good example of that. So, um, the gross match play championship at where I play, Blue Springs, was they had it on this one weekend. So it was like a morning round. If, if qualified, when it went uh, forward, so I managed to win my my, uh, my morning match. Quite handily, um, in overtime, and let's just be serious, it was a wonderful, um, experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard all about it, it was fantastic. Stuck it to a foot. A foot yeah. in the playoff? John. Yes. Let's talk <laughs> about showing up, connecting, and competing. Exactly. <laughs> you sweet son
1: of a bitch. <laughs> so, anyway, so that for the afternoon round, um... It was playing with this guy Mike Alderman, who I actually coach. He's a super guy. He's not the
2: Mike that says "Don't make noise" and stuff. No, like no, no. That. Okay, He's another, good. It's a different Mike. Okay. He's another
1: Mike. Um, but it was so much fun. So I know Mike really well. We become friends, uh, and we're competing in you know in the club, you know, gross match play, and we're sitting in the same cart together because it's hot, and it's just hit shots, have fun, mm-hmm. talk, but. We're both trying to win. We're both trying to beat each other, but we're having a great time. And even in the morning match uh, with Brad I played, it was just so much fun. We're going down 18, and, you know, I'm one down and all this, and we're talking about the Jays. And I mean, but I think See, I think
0: that's the greatest thing because that really is sort of how it's supposed to be you 're supposed to want to do well, but you 're- spo- supposed to i i I think the ultimate is doing well, but enjoying yourself while you 're doing it or not not well, doing i 'm just saying the idea is to enjoy
1: yourself and I think part of it is is that i think with uh through the years i 've come to understand that if it 's not all about me, if I have a very tight focus say a spotlight on me. And I'm judging my performance. Oh, I'm not playing well today. They, all this practice I put in didn't work. Uh, I'm this many over par. I t- there's a heightened level of anxiety. I tend to be more tense. Because I'm focused on me and, and, and everything that counts. But when I my focus is also other-centered as well. All that other just, just seems to relax. And it also seems to just engender... You know, just good play, good swings, emotional equanimity. When bad stuff happens, oh, so what? Mm-hmm. Move along. Good stuff happens. It's not <laughs> like I'm fist pumping, gonna step on the guy's neck or nothing. So I got a great
0: phrase I want to share with you. I started doing this in, uh, I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago with my daughter in Iceland. And I was you know, like a typical dad. I like to find little things I know are kind of going kind to of bugger, <laughs> just dad stuff. And I just, because, you know, it started innocently enough. I just point something out and go, well, you don't see that every day. <laughs> but I just kept saying it for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'd get a coffee. Oh, you don't see a coffee every day. This is Icelandic. <laughs> and she'd be like, dad, stop. Okay. It was not funny an hour. Anyway, but I've started doing that when I hit a bad shot. <laughs> Started doing that. I go, well, you don't see that every day, <laughs> and it makes because it, it for me it's funny, Absolutely. and it reminds me that I like to be funny. But it also takes the pressure off. Like, it's part of what I think we do: being self-centered, narcissistic pieces of crap is that we forget <laughs> that uh, we got You know, one of the reasons we seem to get mad at ourselves is to show other people oh don't I don't worry I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna you know castigate myself for that bad shot whereas I'm I, I'm looking at a way to kind of like I hit a bad shot yesterday whatever missed a two and a half foot putt for a birdie and I'm, I'm with other good players and I literally missed it and went but you never seen me do that before but part of it is to relieve the pressure of them thinking. It's geez. an awkward moment. Yeah, yeah. it's an awkward moment because like, I don't want them to think, "Oh, is Howard going to lose his mind?"
1: Yeah, because Ooh, Howard could so
0: Howard could have lost his mind before. And now, when I do that, I go, "Wow, you know, that's not you don't see that every day." Because because I feel that I feel like I can hit a bad shot and go, well, "That's not like me." Yeah doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. And and, and golfers, it doesn't mean, this is what golfers do, it doesn't mean that you've forgotten how to do that thing. If you hit a bad chip, it doesn't mean you're a bad chipper. Right. It means you hit a bad chip. Jason Day use that example all the time. PGA Championship, chunked two chips on the ninth hole of the last round. Is he a bad chipper? Hey, stuff happens. Exactly right. David Robinson. How are you? Yes. How are you feeling so far? You
1: well, all right?
2: This is awesome. Are you having a nice time? I'm having a fun time,
1: guys. I can tell. I know yeah. Dave. He's a friend of mine. He's smiling. Got that toy in <sighs> oh, his yeah. eye. I'm loving it.
2: You
0: know, if golfers could understand what you were saying about, you know, commitment, um, how did you put it? Um, you walk in and you decide if I'm going to compete or I'm going to connect. Right. Um, if golfers could just take away from this conversation on Swing Thoughts today that You know, the point isn't that the game is supposed to be easy. Because I would like to let everyone know it is a really, really hard game. It is an impossible game. What I think we're here to do with people like David, to to further the idea that the point of the game is to make a hard game as easy on you as possible. Well Well said.
2: Yeah. I would even say from a, you know, I'm a marginal golfer at best. In fact, to put it in context, my kids for Father's Day gave me a card that read something like this. Dad, we were going to buy you those balls that go extra far, but we figured you didn't want to walk that far into the forest. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it gives you a good sense of where I'm at with my golf. But what I really wanted to emphasize is that um, for me, golf is simple. I stand up and I hit the ball. Now, is it easy? Absolutely not. But that goes with everything. I mean, being a father is simple. But is it easy? Nope. Um, and where, what really struck for me, Howard, what you just said is when I screw up, whether it's a shot or whether it's something I've done or haven't done at work, um, then the question then I have is a choice. Am I going to be hard on myself or not? You know, because I've watched guys play golf and beat themselves up one stroke after another. And it just never gets worse. In fact, it, it becomes uncomfortable for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and I've been that guy. I've been the guy that's wrapped a club around. A Hello. We've all done it, man. Yeah. My arms up. Me yeah. Too. Yep.
0: Um, you know, David also works. Uh, is a specialist. A specialist. <laughs> David. You know, I've been talking for. I. I whenever you know, when I, I should let people know. When we record Swing Thoughts, it's at the end of a two and a half hour. Talking marathon, exactly. Um, oh, you're doing great. so. Sometimes I just get
1: like I get the middle of
0: saying something. I'm like, I'm
1: tired. That's like 36 holes. Uh, you go to Myrtle Beach and play 36. I'm holes. I'm tired. You get on the back nine in the afternoon, a little slap happy, but yeah, you hold it together. <laughs> That's pal. where
0: I'm at now. So David's uh, other specialty is as uh, a uh, a worker. <laughs> I don't know Is <laughs> a worker awesome. person Let me just try and get through this A co-leader in the Mankind Project International yeah. He is a facilitator in a uh, men's peer-to-peer support program uh, The Mankind Project of Ontario Which is, if you could p- sum it up uh, The two of you uh, Self-actualized uh, supermen um, <laughs> Nice try I know <laughs> Uh, Give us sort of a flavor, uh, David and Tim, of what that is and maybe how you can connect the dots between that and how we show up as golfers.
1: You go first.
2: Thanks, Tim. i was well, going to take I'm,
0: a bit of a break now. <laughs> He's a specialist co-founder you did not know. <laughs> no, and I'm a worker guy he too. Works. A so worker good guy. stuff. <laughs> good. I'm working. I can't We're wait here. to listen back to this and just go. All right, just uh, edit, Stop. edit.
1: Yeah, Dave goes. Do you edit this show? He says, no, we don't.
2: Oh, you'll, yeah, and you'll hear why. <laughs> <time. laughs> um, so worker man. Oh man, <clears throat> that's me. I'm a working man. Oh man, that brings back that Rush tune. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what was the question? I don't remember. Okay, that makes two of us. us I have no excuse, though. Connect the 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 dots. Yeah, between Mankind and golf kind. Oh, man, that's such a great question, now that I remember what the question was. You know, the the work that I have done and been blessed to be able to do with the Mankind Project and work on myself has literally been the most valuable work I've done in my life. Um, It has helped me, the work in men's work. And we'll talk more about that. I hope, um, has really helped me become a better father, a better, uh, brother, a better husband, a better, uh, leader in community and work. And, um, and why is because the tools that I've learned through that, venue or milieu, whatever the word is, with regard to men's work, has helped me become more in tune with what I'm feeling emotionally, but also understanding the emotional literacy of what it is that I'm feeling. Meaning, you know, I'm angry. Okay, why am I angry? And and so the work that I do with men and also the work that I do in the corporate world is related to helping people understand emotions are part of life. Everything that we do, everything that I do has emotional impact on me and others. The question is, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? And if I can identify why, then I can understand what's going on and be better in the moment with the person that's in front of me or the people that are in front of me. And make a choice. And make a choice, which I hand over to you, Tim, because this relates to golf in so many different ways. Oh, absolutely. And,
1: um, Yeah, so people know, um, so I was initiated in the Mankind Project in 2003. And then uh, I did my work. Now, in did Tron. you have to
0: kill anything? Was mm-hmm. there like a small d- sacrifice involved? No, I
1: didn't have to run naked <laughs> through uh, downtown or. Kill and anyone. I say
0: that facetiously. A lot of people hear "Mankind Project" or "or the man." What was uh, what was the uh, the famous uh, Justin Sterling? No, not "Men, Sex, and Power," but the other one. Um,
1: oh, Iron the, John! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Sam that's Sam sort Keen, of in the yeah, belly. They a lot of people. That's their only connection, or they've even. Yeah. If they've heard of anything like it, that's sort of their perception of it, that it's some bunch of guys dressed up in warrior costumes, you know, killing a like grown up men playing Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah.
1: totally
2: right. Yeah, they're right on. <laughs> and 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 you know, like really, if you know, if we go a little deeper into this for just a quick second, this whole concept of uh, the Mankind Project and the event that the Mankind Project puts on, which is a weekend event, a weekend training, really for men yeah. in emotional leadership and emotional literacy and understanding. You know, a man comes in on Friday. I'll own this. I came in on a Friday night, wondering who the hell am I and what does it mean to be a man in this world? Who do I serve? What's my mission. I didn't know any of these answers. And on Sunday, I walked out understanding who I am as a man among men, who I serve, and what my mission is. So I create a world of... I make the world safer for women, children, and men by living and leading consciously. That's my mission. And so I do that as best I can every day. Tim?
0: And Tim, you were saying uh, you were initiated in 2003.
1: Well,
2: I did my work, but I was kind of...
1: I'd liked going to to we we have these what we call I groups and I'd liked going and I got a lot out of it but I wasn't really committed and then I got a call from this guy Dave and (laughs) he said you know where do you do your thing I said in Toronto he says well why don't we do one in Cambridge and I was living near Guelph so we got together and through Dave uh, Dave became actually a great friend but a mentor to me in my own leadership and now I'm a leader. In the yeah, tr- Ontario community, Dave was our first certified man. The key pieces, being for me, is that around exactly a lot of stuff that Dave was talking about, it became. I started to understand what the hell I'm feeling, and really like understanding it rather than push it down and just disregard it because I'm been kind of culturalized to do that, mm-hmm. and. It's just really helped me in terms of my own golf coaching. It's 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 really doing the work with the mankind project, which helped me push towards this golf thing that I do now. And so much of it is just so related in terms of like really having helping people understand what's going on under the hood. Mm-hmm. The emotional literacy thing is a huge piece, and just things like making choices. You could have so so many of us live unconsciously. Um, Things go on and we'll like make excuses, not take ownership, not take responsibility. Like this is going to sound aggrandizing, but you'll never hear me say I didn't have enough time. Never say that. Yes, I did. I just made a different choice. Mm -hmm. And so much of around the coaching that I do is just putting things up for people in terms of, okay, here's what's, this is what's going on for you, right? So take a look at it. How is this affecting you? And you've got a choice to make here, and what do you want to maybe do differently?
0: What I think that, uh, and I didn't really know you before you were part of the Mankind Project, but I've, and i and I knew you before you were an officially a, a mental performance coach. But I was talking about you last night. And I said, I said Tim's best attribute for me, and I've been around this conversation of mental performance in golf a long, long time. I said Tim's best strength for me is Tim. Tim has more empathy and understanding about processes and he knows I said he's got some good, you know, bits in his tool bag. But really what's the best about Tim is being around Tim is a is a good feeling experience for a golfer. And I guess it's not a backwards compliment, but it's like. You know, you've only been a mental performance coach for six months, but you've been Tim for a long time. And I think what, when you work with Tim, and whether, I, again, Howard Glassman recommends, <laughs> um, you you get a feeling Without like. a commission. Uh, yeah. Um, there's an empathy that you bring to your coaching. There's an understanding, and there's a safeness um, that I think is part of why people get a good buzz off the way you coach golfers. And I guess, you know, like I'm saying you there's nothing that we've said on the show in twenty five episodes is, you know, earth shattering. But, you know, if you get a good feeling from our, our conversation and if you worked with Tim privately, it's the same thing. You just kind of walk away going, well, that was kind of a couple cool little things, but mostly I felt like I was
1: supported Yeah, well, in that process. Well, thank you so much for that. I, yeah. really, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. So hang on a second. So much of that stuff is from. Yeah, some of that stuff I just bring naturally, but... Hold on a second. One second, quickly. we got some Tim's music. awesome. Hallelujah, yeah, he is.
0: <laughs> Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, That's your music. This is mine.
1: Hey,
0: everybody. It's uh, Humble Howard. Come to my uh, discount golf coaching
1: seminar. What you'll get is a burrito and some bullshit. <laughs> anyway, you were saying... give you a pound of coffee if I can't beat your best deal. Um... So much of what I do in my coaching is the way that uh, I've learned from Dave and other leaders is that it's from a place of non-judgment. Right. It's from a place of just listening and hearing what's going on for people and just drawing more of it out, helping them what they've already got. Everyone knows whether they're dealing with being in a corporate executive or, um, or as a as a, as a man who 's dealing with different things or a golfer, we all know our own stuff that we need to work on, and what a, a leader who creates a safe non judging environment where people can learn it 's made just to draw out help them draw out what they 've already got and help them show it to them like a mirror, and then they can make their own choices about it so it 's never about fixing it 's about it 's about poking my my finger in your sh- in your chest and saying, pal you need to do this there can be some there's teaching there's teaching that goes on but so much of it is just around just hearing a person providing a safe environment because most of the time in the world is not safe
0: sure and we walk around feeling like uh, we're threatened by uh, things that are really a lot of it's just happening in your head Oh, you but know. ridicule. But, but, and, what you, but yeah. those things aren't really happening. It's just what you perceive. Totally. That's, that's one of the things that, you know, is not just a man. It's a, a human being thing. Is it weird? I, and I talk about this with my daughters all the time. I go, you know, they'll complain about something or they'll say they're worried about something. I go, that's great. But that actually hasn't happened yet or it happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it's not happening right this second. And I think that's a golf
2: thing, and I think it's a just a human being thing. Totally. In fact, you know, one of the things that I wanted to reiterate um, from my personal experience, um, and it's, it's piggybacking on what you just said, Tim, um, that idea of um, self-acceptance. So if I accept myself, you know, the great parts of who I am and the not so great parts of who I am, um, I take the pressure off myself and I take the pressure off other people needing to do the same. Because what's true for me, Howard, is that the harder I am on myself, the harder I am on everybody around me. And um, mm. and the more I can find that place of vulnerability and honesty and in times gut wrenching honesty, yep. then you know I can accept myself. I can laugh at myself. Mm-hmm. You don't see that every day. Yeah. I'd be saying that every damn moment. By the way, yeah, um, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. Too. It, it is <laughs> absolutely it's like somebody just
0: cut me off in traffic. Well, you don't see yeah. that every day.
2: <laughs> all right,
0: all right, <laughs> all right. Old people, continue your journey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: So, you know. um, But we're not supposed, we're not, by our culture, by our culture, we're not supposed to do that. No. John Wayne didn't do that. Well, no man did. Diesel didn't didn't do that. I sucked it up and dealt with it. I I suspect,
0: and we'll talk about men. (laughs) I'll talk about men for a second. I suspect a lot of men Men, in 2016 act in ways that they wish they didn't have to, but they sort of continue patterns that, are comfortable even though they're no longer serving them.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. They
0: just don't have a way out of it. You know, one of the things I've you know I talk a lot about the the reading I've done in 2016 about you know the philosophy of Buddhism and one of the things that Buddhism has you ask yourself is is this behavior serving me? Right mm-hmm. from a golf standpoint, you know I I and I've talked about it a million times. I'm there's not a guy listening that was a bigger dick to himself as a golfer than me. I was the worst I've ever met. And I've spent a lifetime trying to figure out how not to be that guy. But it's also what I've done on my own self. Like I, I was just, you know, like as 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 a, as a personality, I have had many horrible encounters with people who just want to say how much they like my show. Yeah. But I, I and, and and you know I because I didn't know how to deal with it, I was I acted poorly, and I heard years later where people would go, Oh, I ran into at a golf tournament a few years ago. You're a dick. I'm like, I know. Maybe that day I was. <laughs> Um, my point is there is a there is a lot of golfers listening that are going yeah I thought this was about the mental side of the game but that's what it is it comes down to trying to break free from patterns that aren't serving you well anymore and in our case on this show maybe serving your golf score as we said earlier in the show almost every bad shot all of us have hit has come from you know feeling ashamed or feeling self-judgy or feeling disconnected or feeling a lot of stuff you're feeling translates to your motion and your emotion.
1: Absolutely and that's one of the things so not to take not to ever take anything away about striving to improve your motion and work on mechanics things like that. There are things that you need to do and you become aware and working on them but where the disconnect happens for most people is that when they start to play poorly they automatically think it's their their results. And part of it's what I call this golf culture thing. So, say somebody uh, you know, on CBS, on the telecast makes a bad swing so throw it over to Peter Costas, who's also a, a coach and you know a great personality, and he'll put it on in the, uh, the Kanaka. how can I mean, him? Kanaka Manolte Bizhub. Yeah. Your sponsorship here, slow motion device, exactly. And in painstaking detail, <laughs> Costas will go through it and say, "See, he came from the inside there; he didn't transfer his weight, and thus the the it was open, and he launched it outside." There's, but what. Could be happening, and I believe is more likely to be happening. The golfer just three whacked the last hole, and he's pissed. Exactly, and and he's just he's got tension in his body. He's upset, and he hasn't let it go. And so, thus, maybe he's hanging out a little too tight, and you know the club face might be open because he's.
0: You know it's it's interesting. You know, you've brought that example up before. I totally agree with it. And it's almost it would be it would make more sense if after a pro. Uh, professional golfer you're watching on the weekend Hit a poor shot M- Johnny Miller sometimes hints at it yeah. But to, to have somebody go Well obviously he made that swing Because he's still thinking about three holes ago When
2: he three whacked it to go uh, To lose the lead Yeah, like bringing the past into the present moment. 100%. And, you know, it's interesting because I heard you say, Tim, you know, it's about the motion of that swing. And when we look at the, the vital part, I think, of every human being is the feelings that we have. That's what makes us uniquely human. And so, you know, what is emotion? Emotion is energy in motion. And so if you cut off that particular element of energy as a golfer you're limiting, I think, the full range of who you are as Mm -hmm. a person while you're playing the game of golf.
0: Well, and as I said, it brings back to the, the, if you understand, and and I've decided this, I'm going to make part of my mission now is to explain to people, this is the hardest game ever devised. So know that. Just think about it. Take it into your body because then you'll sort of be able to forgive yourself for not being very good at it. And I mean, I've told, I've said this before flippantly, You know, guy will say, oh, you won't want to play with me because I'm no good. I go, trust me, I'm horrible versus guys that are really good at it. But trust me, everyone thinks they suck at it. Even on days, Jordan Spieth doesn't like the way he's hitting a golf ball. And he's one of the best on the planet. So we're all in the same boat, which I think is a metaphor for we're all in the same boat as human beings as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And we can bring all of ourselves to whatever we do, whether we judge it to be good or we judge it to be bad. And it does, and it's the judging part that often gets us in trouble. But mm-hmm. it's just living with ourselves as we show up. We've done our, we've done our best. And I'll bring it to a golf example. One of, uh, one of the young men I work with, uh, struggling with his swing. He was kind, of, he was in golf hell for a while. And uh, I brought this up with Fred Shoemaker, and I just said to him. Can you just let it go and just enjoy your enjoy your swing and just 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 play, and and not judge your swings. So he goes out in the Ontario Junior, shoots seventy eight first round, so he's six over and in, in danger of making the cut. And I talked with him yesterday, and, and he went six under for his last three rounds to get it to even. So he finished like I think tied eight something like that. And I said, "What was different for you?" And he says, "Well, I wasn't concerned about making perfect swings. Mm-hmm. It was just going out." Putting the best motion I could on it, and just chasing it, and he just scored really well without hitting it dead center, perfect all the time. He missed a lot of shots, still scored really well. And just I guess that's in.
0: that's so. And again, that you could take, you could extrapolate that that analogy again, make it a metaphor for life, which is why golf as a mental process is sort of fascinating. I think to us certainly, and hopefully people that listen to it. You know, you talk about the motion. You know, I'll use this uh, analogy. The problem with golfers is that when we make the golf motion, we judge ourselves mostly harshly against an ideal that we've been told by a guru, a Mm -hmm. teacher, or you've seen Peter Costas. But an an ideal that may not fit your body type or be unattainable for you, yet you still judge yourself against an impossible, unattainable model hmm. Again, if you think about that as a life, we compare ourselves to movie stars and big business people and think, oh, why aren't we having the ideal life? Well, neither are they.
2: Right. All that, you know, it's the it, you know, it brings back the term. Um, I live my life in transparency or I live my life in shadow. A uh, classic example of shadow is the rich executive who drives the very expensive sports car and then can't pay the mortgage. Right. You know, these are the hidden things that every one of us as human beings have, um, and they remain hidden. And if we don't deal with them and we don't look at them in a deeper way, they leak into our lives and they affect our relationships and they affect our performance, whether it's golf or whether it's leading people. Um, you know and so there's so many tie-ins to leadership and golf and um, being present in the moment that you've talked about I mean I just love this program oh, thank I you. love
0: this I would like to take this program out for dinner
2: yes it's awesome
0: um, <laughs> so you know who Goose Gossage is <laughs>
2: yeah former
1: pitcher former
0: pitcher yeah. New York Yankees Hall of Famer there's a great uh, yep. documentary on Netflix called Fastball cool.
2: have you seen it I haven't seen it but it's I've great. seen it on the menu love it
0: <laughs> um and I was watching it because I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I'm a I'm a fan of, of particular aspects of a lot of different sports. you know. And this particular thing was about how the fastball developed, how pitchers developed as a part of that game. So here's Goose Gossage, and I wrote this down for our program today. Cool. Here's Goose saying, talking about dealing with pressure. He's playing the 78 uh, playoffs against the Red Sox. Ninth inning because he's a closer. Two out, two on base. Carl Jastrzemski. Yastrzems- yep. Yaz comes up to the bat, and he's standing there while—and Yastremski's getting a huge ovation from the Red Sox fans, and and Goose gossage is freaking the F out. He says, I'm standing there, and I'm vibrating, I'm nervous, and and then I had this revelation, he said. This is what he said to himself. What's the worst that can happen? Tomorrow, I'll be back elk hunting in Colorado if this doesn't go well. (laughs) So that's pretty good. Then he said, I thought to myself, you know, it's just a game. Ninth inning, two out, two on base, Carl Yastrzemski, and he said, I relaxed for the first time wow. all that outing. His first pitch to Yastrzemski is the hardest he had thrown all day. You know, and the, 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 you know the, the net is, batter pops out, game's over, Goose is the hero. But what it revealed to me is, there's a guy at the highest, highest level, feeling all the things we feel at the sandlot level, saying to himself, ah... You know what? It's just a game. A I'll choice. go elk hunting tomorrow. And he, and he threw it as hard. He threw the hardest fastball he had that game. That says everything to me about golf. Yep. And a lot of that can be extrapolated into the rest of the day.
2: Completely.
1: He made a choice. He made a choice.
2: He it's what you choice. guys are saying. He made yeah. a choice
0: about how this moment was going to affect
2: him? Yeah. Not only did he make a choice, but and I would offer he made a conscious choice. Yes. Which is different because a lot of a lot of us make choices and nope. we're not even Great present point. at the moment.
0: Better point than it's a conscious choice because we make shitty unconscious choices all the time. I do for sure. Absolutely. The Golfers do all the time.
1: Yeah, uh, and 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 that's why a lot of what we talk about on this show is being present to what's going on as opposed to being in my head being in the drama identifying myself I must be shitty oh I'm shitty because of this and this and life will continue to be so so this there's this spiral that totally takes me out of the present moment so that I could be conscious t- enough to go oh I have a choice here to make I could try and hit this shot while I'm angry and, and try and force the issue, try to make a birdie after a bogey, or I could just kind of like, oh, all right, I got this going on, chill out, take a breath, what's the right shot here, and get on with it. Mm-hmm. Making a conscious choice.
2: Yeah. I, I love that because it talks to me about how important the present moment is and how that is the only thing that I have power over, is that moment right now. What I'm about to say, what I'm about to do, how I'm about to address the ball, and when I when I start to, to start my swing. Yeah, so I totally relate.
1: Yeah, so what I'm going to connect back to Gossage there, so cool in that story. He makes the choice, makes a conscious choice, and then he throws the ball harder than he had all time. He was not trying to do that. He had Opened himself up to the natural abilities And the skill he had He had the freedom in that moment To bring the best that he could At that moment Without being overwhelmed by the moment He could have easily gone into the drama Of wow, the, the, the World Series, whatever And Yaz is up And the fans That all just went away for him And in that mo- He was totally present for the moment And he was able to bring himself to that And I think that's what the best athletes The best executive leaders The best parents the best community leaders do they bring the best of themselves because they're present to the moment and then make a choice to be in the moment and it allows their best selves to happen
0: well that was you know everything about that it was beautiful and I don't know uh, if there's anything to add um, David we appreciate you being on our show
2: thank you it was awesome That's this fun. was
0: great you guys were I knew this was gonna be fantastic uh, Tim O'Connor can be—you uh, f- can feel him up in person. I do. Dave does. Um, <laughs> we uh, we can get him in person at O'Connor Is Golf. Metaphor? Is that a metaphor? It's a uh, it's <laughs> it a dumb one if it was. <laughs> um, you don't hear that every day. You don't hear that every day. <laughs> uh, hey Tim, I'm—I uh, was told Howard said we could feel you up in person. You can be part of the Tim O'Connor experience. I like to call it. Oh, I like at that. At o'connorgolf.ca. Nice. I feel like Jimi um, Hendrix. Jimi yes. Hendricks experience. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
1: No Redding. Purple yeah. Haze, or Mitch, he'll eat your brain. Mitch Miller on. Mitch Miller? No.
0: Um, you can get a hold of us. Please like us on uh, iTunes. It definitely uh, helps with our rankings. Review, our Facebook. Rate us, yes. Do all that stuff. Our Facebook uh, address is Swing Thoughts. And, of course, um, if you feel like uh, being enlightened uh, while uh, at the same time hearing a lot of. Poopy jokes, then you would listen, of course, to the humbling Fred Joe Fred Show.
1: What's Dave's URL? Uh, do you have a do you have uh, a yeah. thing? Impact, do you have a site?
0: I do. Impact Leadership dot com. There there's a man's work. Impact Leadership. Impact Leadership
2: Group dot com. You got it. There you go. Um
0: and of course we will uh here's the thing, we're gonna take a week off um I was uh, taken next week off uh, in anticipation of qualifying for the Ontario Senior Am. until a big duty happened in my pants during the qualifying. <laughs> and... <laughs> hey, did I tell you that me and uh, my buddy Tim uh, were invited to that uh, J.R. Williams thing? Oak Hill? Oh,
1: yeah. That is so cool. It's o- big, it's Oak Hill, site of U.S. Open. PGA Championship, Ryder Cup, Ryder U.S. Cup. Open. I covered yeah. the Ryder Cup yeah. last time it was there.
0: I don't even plan in that thing.
1: That probably. is so cool. i would probably get a new hat. <laughs> probably get
0: an Oak Hill hat. Maybe I'll bring you one. I don't know. Buy a $200 golf shirt? Yeah, maybe. I could. <laughs> I'm walking around. Oh, you mean this hat that says Oak Hill? Yeah, I played a tournament there. Whatever. I was invited there. I was invited. What have you done lately? All right, people. Uh, so a couple weeks off. Enjoy, and uh, thanks very much.
1: And it's blowing, Dixie, double fall time You feel alright when you hear the music ring Now now you step inside